0: All right, Black and Gold family, welcome back to another episode of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling st- telling stories from the LAFC community, match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Tonight, we are giving you our opponent correspondent for this week for the Inter-Miami match, and we have Chris Duran. He is one half of the Battered Herons, and Inter-Miami podcast. Thank you very much for coming on tonight, Chris. Looking forward to talk a little bit of footy and in Inter-Miami.
1: Most definitely, Chris. Thank you for having me on the show, and it's, it's definitely going to be a blast this Sunday.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that this is the tale of two stories uh, when you look at this Miami roster, uh, you know, and and now that we're definitely in the last third of the season. Talk to us a little bit about how you felt about Miami uh, at the beginning of the season. And, you know, when the rumors started happening about Messi coming versus now, obviously, I'm sure as a Miami fan, you guys are really excited and loving life.
1: Well, in the beginning of the season, it uh, we all had high hopes, especially after making the playoffs last year. Uh, and with the addition of of Joseph Martinez, uh everybody felt, you know, pretty happy about what was going on. We we got Kristoff as well, uh center back uh, out of Ukraine. We ended up uh trading Kamal Miller at some point for uh for Bryce Duke. Made some improvements here and there. We had guys that were, you know, strength and ready to rock and roll, but little by little we had some of our key key pieces get injured game after game after game. We had Jean Mota that got injured, Gregory, one of the first chips to fall. We had uh Stefanelli, who also was somebody that was projected to be uh one of the one of the better players that we picked up, uh, also went down. And then Coco Jean, I mean you you name it, whatever big name that we had, they ended up getting you know getting injured and we had to basically bring in all the young guys the homegrown players.
0: Absolutely. And then and then you know in and around that time you started hearing those the 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 rumor mill Messi might be coming, you know, people didn't believe it until he was signed and then even once he was yeah. signed people didn't believe it until he actually showed up at the presser with the pink kit. Uh so when all that was going on were you Confident it was going to happen, you know, even before the signing, or were you just hopeful?
1: So the issue is is that uh, that name, Messi, had been swirling around the inner Miami ozone layer for, for quite some time. And uh, my co-host, Danny, and I, we we had it with him. We didn't even want to mention his name. We didn't want to talk about him. I mean, our intro is literally talking about how much we didn't want to talk about Messi. Uh, but then, you know, everybody saw the same Video that he had uh, done somewhere saying that he was confirming to sign with Inter Miami, and that's literally when the world exploded. I mean, not just the world itself, but especially the Inter Miami fan base. Finally, we, we we could be able to speak it in the air that Messi is here, and uh, and things definitely changed. I mean, not just for us in Miami, where you know you have a lot of Messi fans attending games. But, I mean, you guys see it just like everybody else does. Messi is changing this league game after game. Yeah, it's pretty amazing when you look at uh, the Messi
0: effect and and the following that he has. I mean, this this man is almost uncomparable to any player that has ever played football. Uh, and he's coming off of, you know, one of the greatest, uh, most monumental seasons in his life with the World Cup and in Argentina, Um and and it, it just it couldn't be a better time for the league and for the city of Miami, I'm sure. Definitely. Um, and so now you guys are here, right? The first game, Cruz Azul, then the League's Cup. Now it's leading into the regular season. They're talking a little bit about the fatigue. How uh, how are you guys feeling about the the fatigue factor with Messi and and the remaining season?
1: Well and it doesn't it definitely doesn't help that in the league's cup tournament games were literally somewhere between 3 to 5 days apart um a lot of people thought that Messi was going to come here and have a vacation and as people can see he he's not like that um I never followed Messi too much prior to maybe about a year and a half ago but a lot of people told me he doesn't really run he doesn't uh he doesn't really hustle like beastly throughout the 90 minutes. So he kind of picks his poison and picks his spots on where he wants to play, how quickly the pace kicks in, the moment that he gets the ball. So the one thing about Messi that that I've enjoyed is that he has these spurts of of positivity when he starts to play that you could tell that really rings true throughout that throughout the team and helps all the other players feel a lot more comfortable. But the fatigue it is setting in. You're starting to see that he really I don't want to say that it's starting to get to him because, I mean, this guy's a seasoned legend, right? But you could definitely tell that um, that these back-to-back three- to four-day games, that they, they were brutal. They were brutal for him.
0: So uh, let's talk about uh, the season, right? So Miami has 24 games played. They're sitting behind everybody in the East yeah. Coast. So they definitely have an opportunity to gain some ground uh you wanted Toronto. to have right. Except for <laughs> Toronto, right? Toronto's in the cellar, and they've spent all that money, and people are just clowning them right now. Um yes. but Miami, right, has an opportunity to, to gain a little bit of ground. You definitely wanted those three points out of Nashville. Uh, but they're right now sitting at six wins, four ties, fourteen losses, uh, twenty-two points overall in the season. Uh, and and when you look at their opportunity to make up ground, they have a very fine window of air. Uh yeah. how are you guys feeling about that for the remainder of the season?
1: Well, I mean as far as the fan base is concerned, I think the majority of the fan base is optimistic, just I mean, look look at look at what occurred in Leagues Cup, right? I mean he literally took the Leagues Cup over and garnered so much attention and literally took a team that was in last place that a lot of people probably had you know, losing in the first two games of the League's Cup and hoisting the trophy up at the end of the day. Uh, So I think that most of the fan base is expecting that we make the playoffs. We do have a small amount of the fan base that doesn't believe we'll make the playoffs, that we're just way too out of it, which I could see both sides. The way that I see it is if we can be able to grab seven to eight wins out of the next, what, I think it's 12 games left, Uh, We have a couple games. We have uh, one or two more games over other teams. And a lot of our games that we have remaining are against the East Coast where we can be able to kind of hop over them at the same time if we get the wins. So I think the possibility is there. I think that we definitely can be able to get into that nine spot. Uh, It's just a matter of, you know, time will tell, you know.
0: Yeah, it's definitely those uh, six point games as we like to call them. Uh, when yes. you play a a, a, a a opponent in your conference, right? Those are six point games. Um, Most
1: definitely.
0: So let's let's talk and focus a little bit uh, about the match this upcoming Sunday. Uh, do you know too, how many traveling fans there may be? Have you guys heard that there's uh, uh, any large faction of Miami fans coming to Los Angeles this weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, so I got a couple buddies of mine that they're going to be flying out there. Um, they, they don't necessarily represent any sort of supporters group, but I also have some friends that are in the supporters group here. Uh, you know, you have a couple, you have Vice City, you have um, uh, the Siege, you have a bunch of others that they're also going to be traveling pretty heavily. I mean, this is a game that if I'm not mistaken, I think that it was planned out for some time to travel to. So a lot of our supporter groups are going to be out there in Rosa y Negro, and it's definitely going to be a good show. I don't know if it's going to be a heavy, heavy percentage. I think that the percentage is going to be taken over by just messy fans and and the black and gold, unfortunately. But, um, but we're going to be out there for sure. We're going to be out there and, and it's going to be heard. Yeah, it's uh, what were uh, some of
0: these guys that had to buy tickets if it wasn't from the ticket allotment that LAFC and the 3252 had made? What was can do any of your friends talk about the uh, headaches that they had to do with getting tickets?
1: Well, I mean, you have a very like maybe like a handful of people that I know that are willing to pony up 600 650, you know, to go ahead and go out there. I personally when I was looking at the tickets, the tickets were outrageous, by the way, but the flights from Miami to LA it really wasn't bad so i kind of was considering it just to be able to go out to LA and maybe just watch it somewhere around there um because the flights were actually pretty good uh but yeah the the ticket prices were outrageous a couple people broke the bank and got tickets but for the most part like you said if 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 you're not getting it from the ticket allotment then then good luck you're you're basically throwing a whole paycheck at the game
0: now now, has that also been reflected at the home games, right? Like that Messi had their first home game this last weekend. I'm sure that one was very expensive. but do they anticipate that for the remainder of the season, every home game is going to be an inflated price point in Miami?
1: I think so. uh, for the league's Cup, it was definitely a little bit more, especially with the craze of what Messi brings, especially for the first couple games that he he played here at Drive Pink. Um, the, the prices have definitely gone up. We're supposedly Messi is not going to be playing in the game versus sporting Kansas city, or at least it's projected that he's not going to play. I saw tickets for as low as 56, 60 bucks. That's still a lot considering that guys were paying, you know, 20, 30 bucks a pop for their ticket before Messi. I mean, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't even be able to get tickets for, yeah, at this point you can't get tickets for for less than 60-50 bucks and that's for a game that Messi might not even be playing, so
0: it'll be interesting, you know, it, oh, yeah. it, it it'll it'll be interesting to see what it's like next year, right? After after everything's kind of settled in and to see what the price points are. Um so let's talk about the players, right? Obviously, you guys had some really big marquee signings, Messi, Busquets, Alba, right? Talk to us a little bit about some of the players that are a little bit more of those role players, some of those players that may not necessarily be on the marquee that you think an LAFC fan should be aware of.
1: Well, I'll, I'll start with one of the players that have has kind of garnered a lot of attention since the Big Three came on board, and, and that's that's Taylor. Uh, Robert Taylor basically is a player that Danny and I coin as uh, Neymar Light. Right. He's out of Finland and he's garnered a lot of attention because the, the first two or three games, Robert Taylor had a couple goals working directly with Messi. He's one of the players that we've always enjoyed for the last two years because he plays like street soccer, street football. You know, he he likes to get fancy and uh and, and he's actually one of the players on the offensive side where he's really not afraid of attacking. Um so he's one of those players that I would probably consider as a guy that that should be on your radar. Aside from him, a uh, big game out of Kamal Miller in the last game where we played against Nashville. Kamal Miller, uh, he, he represents Canada. He was last, I believe, with Toronto FC. He had amazing, amazing tackles. And I don't know if you have any Spanish speakers, but he is a guy with tremendo cojones. Hopefully I can be able to say that. Um, that's Big Balls Kamal, he is uh, a badass. And then uh, one other player that I, I think should be mentioned uh, aside from those two is Noah Allen. Noah Allen is a player that plays the left back or left wing back. He's also one of the homegrown players. He's from uh, South Florida. So he's a guy that actually was on the first team last year And due to an injury, he couldn't be able to play the the remainder of the season. But he's the guy that when he gets on the field, you can definitely be able to see that he gives it a 1,010%. And he plays pretty good on defense. He pushes up very highly and, and helps out on the offensive side of the ball. So those are the three players, at least, that stand out to me that I think people should be aware of.
0: Uh, so in addition to the player acquisitions that you guys had over the season you also had a, a new appointment for your gaffer right Tata Martina who is yes. no stranger to the MLS um definitely no stranger to Lionel Messi uh so how have what are the tactics that an LAFC fan should anticipate seeing from Miami now and how have those tactics changed from from the previous gaffer uh to to uh Tata Martina
1: well, uh, all right. So let's do a little bit of history here. So before Tata was here, we had Phil Neville, and Phil Neville, uh, and and I'll I'll break it into two parts. the The first part is last year in the beginning of the season, he was one of those coaches where uh, we didn't we didn't really have a good center midfielder, uh, anybody to distribute the ball from the middle, and so we were kind of just crossing and praying, uh, and hoping that campana at the time was just heading in every single goal uh then we ended up getting posuelo signed last year which helped us tremendously in the middle of the field iguain was revived immediately and then with just that addition alone we changed our entire scheme from moving uh from from moving it from the sides to actually moving it in the middle uh then we start this year it was kind of a hodgepodge a little bit of a mix of the middle from the outside tata comes in and he implements sort of like a he implements sort of like a a four a four defender set with three midfielders, and then you have your your one striker, and then you got the wingers on the sides of them, the left wing and the right wing. One of the things that I've noticed, as far as tactics are concerned, is that the left back and the right back play that left wing back and that right wing back position. They push up very very heavily, which helps on offense. But it can be critically terrible when we have to get back on defense. So that's the one thing that I think Tata brings to the table is that he's bringing a pretty good structure. Obviously, with Messi, uh, we have a lot of good play within the middle. And then obviously from the sides, as long as we don't get caught, you know, sleeping uh, on defense.
0: Now, do you think that David Beckham reached out to Tata first? And then got Tata to agree. He's as like, and then that was the deal to bring in Messi offer. He's like, hey, look, I got Tata who you've had a long history with. Or do you think it was he got messy and then he went to Tata and said, Hey, I got messy, bro. Like, I would love for you to coach my squad.
1: You know, that's that's a great question, Chris, because I've I've thought about that. And I think that they had to have approached Tata prior because i believe that maybe tata had a little bit more connection with messi to try to be able to reach out to him and say hey look man if you're willing to go over there i think i'll go over there too and and this is just all speculation i don't i don't have any sources into what exactly happened but i imagine it being that they reached to tata first said hey look we're going to make this play for messi if we make this play for messi you're coming on board or what he said hey look if messi's going i'm going and uh i guess they kind of sealed the deal over in qatar And uh, once they did that, that's when everything started kind of to get rolling. So I think that that was reached out prior to Messi.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, one last thing before we wrap up here, we're going to give ourselves a little bit of predictions. uh, But I want to know personally, you know, in your heart of hearts, where do you think Miami is going to end its season? Where do you think they're going to be when it comes time for decision day? Are they going to be sec- trying to secure that final spot in the playoffs? Or do you think that they will have solidified themselves by this time come come November? Or are they going to be on the outs- outside looking in?
1: You know, I in the beginning when we got Messi, I kind of just knee-jerked and said it's got to be playoffs or bust. But after watching uh, Messi play, after watching the team develop, and we won the League's Cup, we're we're going to be facing off against Houston Dynamo for the US Open Cup. Uh honestly, looking at kind of what we've done so far, I don't think it's a loss if we don't make the playoffs because we're considering that a lot of games in the beginning before Messi got here. I mean, you can't necessarily blame Messi or Tata or Busquets or Alba for what happened prior, right? They were just kind of put in a bad position where they're trying to get this team from the ground up and put them into contention. So I think if my expectation is I I do hope that we make the ninth seed, I believe we will. Uh, But if we don't, I don't think it was a loss. I think that next year with a clean slate, I think we'll definitely have the opportunity to solidify ourselves within the top five.
0: I I think and I think that that is a very like reasonable way of thinking right for your team to have a player come in in July and make the impact that he did. And then on top of that, you not only won one trophy, but you have the opportunity to win two trophies. You solidified your spot in the Champions Cup next season, which I think is a high bar that a lot of teams set for themselves. And so now you, you've you already solidified that, right? By getting getting uh one of the t- final four finishes in the Leagues Cup. But yeah. again, you could have also, but so you're walking away with two trophies in one year, potentially, if you were to happen to miss out on the playoffs, if any Miami fan were to say it was a busted season, I think that they would have to reevaluate it because there's plenty of teams that would love to have that kind of, of a, a season ending, right? That it's like, hey, that's there's so much potential for the following season.
1: Oh, most definitely. I mean, if and and that's I think the one takeaway that I'm getting out of all of it is because a lot of fans are kind of on the same boat where it's like if we don't make the playoffs, not a big deal. We still got two years of messy minimum. Uh so I think that for the next two years, that's where I can be comfortably say playoffs are minimum an expectation for sure without a shadow of a doubt
0: all right so this weekend what are your expectations who do you think is going to walk away with points at the end of sunday
1: well here's the thing like i I was looking at the game and and i was thinking to myself and how we discussed it a little bit on our podcast i uh this is kind of a terrifying game because we we haven't played you guys a lot and on top of that we're going to 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 LA to play you guys, and you guys as a fan base and as supporters are are really, really heavily into your team and, and to the culture. So it's gonna be a scary atmosphere for sure, but we need these points, and we're gonna be pretty desperate. I believe that all of our starters are gonna be starting, all of the big names are gonna be starting, and I honestly believe that as far as a prediction is concerned. I predict us walking away with the three points and the score being 3-1 inter-Miami. And you think Messi plays all 90? I think he plays all 90. I mean, everybody saw that video where he was uh, playing against, I believe it was Nashville, where he's just, or was it Nashville or was it uh, Cincy? I'm not sure, where he's just walking around for like three minutes standing next to Tata, and then next thing you know, in 20 seconds, he scores a goal off his left foot and, and all of a sudden we have a point, you know? So I think he's going to be playing all 90. Most definitely. He's not going to play more than like 5% of defense. Everybody else has that covered.
0: You know, uh, you had, when you had mentioned, you know, the thirty two fifty two and just the culture here, uh, yeah. have you seen any sort of increase in the actual supporter culture uh, of, of the supporter section in, in drive pink stadium, you know, have, has have the home matches been an atmosphere that is outside of the normal
1: oh I'm All sorry right. I didn't uh, yeah no, for no, some I reason was, there was a disconnection no,
0: it, it, it it did it it froze I, on me have, have you seen anything that's different outside of the normal
1: Yes, uh, yeah, I got your question. I, yeah, for sure there has. I mean, we have our supporters group, IMS, we got Nacion Rosa y Negro, we got Southern Legion by City, The Siege. I, I have personally seen that they have increased in, in members, uh, increased in memberships, and, and for sure you're starting to see a lot more people that are willing to get in, uh, in terms of being able to support this uh, this team and support the badge, right? I mean, a lot of people are here to support the man, Messi. Uh, but on top of that, we, we kind of encourage, and not just encourage, but we, we kind of know, force these fans to say, hey, look, you can't come into here, into this section with a Barcelona jersey. You're not coming and sitting here with a PSG jersey. You got to respect the team. You got to respect the badge. Above all else, and this is a culture, and so you're starting to see that a lot of people are kind of recognizing the actual culture of the team and the actual culture of the supporter groups, um, and and it's 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 refreshing to see. it. I'm happy to see it because we need that, and I think absolutely. every team needs that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's good. Hopefully, hopefully it sticks, right?
0: Hopefully it sticks, yes. and the and the fans stick, and that's that's the whole thing, right? You hope that they come. For one reason, but they stay for another.
1: Well, and my hope is, uh, especially just league-wide in the MLS, I think that it's really important and refreshing to see that so many people that are watching for Messi, out of, let's just say it's like, I don't know, let's just say a million, out of a million people that are just watching for Messi, I can imagine seeing more than half of those United States fans sticking around and following the team nearby them. And just off of that, that's a win, right? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. that's what we want. We want the MLS to grow. We want the MLS to be at some point in the next 5, 10, 20 years, one of the top five leagues in the world. And, and Messi's definitely going to help us get there.
0: Absolutely. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on. Do us a favor. Plug your pod. Let us know. You know, if anybody wanted to keep up tabs with Miami or Messi, where they can listen to your show, the frequency of your show, how they can find you guys out, give a, go ahead and give us all the information.
1: Uh, most definitely, Chris. Thanks for having me. And and you guys can be able to find us on at Battered Herons on Twitter. You can also be able to look up Battered Herons on YouTube. Uh, we also do a show every Monday and Wednesday, nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time or you can also catch us doing post-game shows right after Inter-Miami Games. We have a lot of fun. You could check out our, our our merch on batteredfans.com. And we have a couple other podcasts, so just check us out. Kick it with us. We're not too serious of a, of a podcast. We try to make it friendly and, and, and fun. So check us out, and, and thank you for the support
0: perfect well we appreciate it again uh for those of you going to the game this upcoming sunday it's at the bmo stadium 7 p m kickoff lafc versus inter miami messi's in town they're predicting him playing all 90 minutes before off the he goes off to the international duty so uh it'll be a lot of fun and uh for those of you that uh uh wanna follow give us a follow like and subscribe at lafcs2s and uh with that Take us home, Sticks.